the Lord's going to do some wonderful things over the next few minutes. And um, I don't know how I'll preach today. I, I just don't know how I'll do it. I just know I want to minister to you today. I'm less interested in trying to, trying to speak at you. I'm more interested in ministering to you today. And the Lord wants to do some great things in this place. Amen. Let's just pray together. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. You're an awesome, sovereign, mighty God. Your presence is in this place today, God. Your word is in this place today. You've got to work through this vessel of flesh today, God. But Lord, if I can become an instrument through which you can minister to these people, please allow it to happen. I pray that our hearts would be attuned towards you. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what the Spirit says in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, it's very easy to find if you're looking in your Bibles, Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form. And it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. My subject today is a move of the Spirit. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And I want to preach about a move of the Spirit. God bless you. You may be seated. Our, our introduction to God. You have to remember that these are the very first words that we read about the Lord. This is our introduction to God. It's how he chooses to initiate himself to us. The thing that God wants to stand out in your mind about who he is. Is that first of all that he created the heaven and the earth. The first thing he wants you to know is that he is creator. He wants you to know that. He wants you to understand that. That's under attack today. But we still believe that God is creator. I don't have enough secular faith to believe what they tell us happened all those years ago. I don't have enough faith to believe that something came from nothing. And that what could not, what their own scientific laws tell us could not happen, they say it somehow did happen. They're changing things all of the time. And uh, this whole pandemic has shown us that they, they can't be consistent with any of the, the regulations and the recommendations that they've given us through the pandemic. It has constantly changed. It just reminds me, and we all need to come back to this every once in a while, that they're just men and women out there. But God is still God. And God knows it all. And God's got everything under control. 
so the first thing he lets us know is that he's creator. But the second thing that he wants us to know, that he says, you need to grab a hold of this about me from the very beginning. And that is that he is a moving God. Our God is a moving God. And it's truly an enigma because when you read Isaiah 40 and 22, that scripture tells us that the Lord sits upon the circle of the earth. It, it describes a God that is in a sitting position. Yet, even in his sitting, God's spirit is always moving. It, it, it's, it's truly something that you have to try to wrap your mind around. And you see this in the beginning of the Bible. And you see it also in the end of the Bible. In Genesis, God is sitting on the circle of the earth, yet His Spirit is moving. And then in Revelation, we again see a stationary God whose Spirit is yet moving. Revelation Verse chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible says, And I beheld, John the Revelator says, And lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. John said the lamb is standing, yet his spirit is moving. What we often do not understand about God that we really need to wrap our minds around, if it's at all possible, is that even when God is still, God is moving. There is never a time that God is not moving. Israel's introduction to him after 430 years of slavery... Their introduction, they had come in under Joseph. For 430 years they had been there. They had been enslaved by Pharaoh. They had been caused to build the cities and the pyramids of Pharaoh. And yet, uh, in, 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 when it came to the end of that season of time, and God said, now is the time that I am going to bring you out of here. He brought them out with a move of his spirit. And when the Lord, you have to excuse me, I'm just emotional today for some reason. I, I wept while Brother Nathaniel was teaching, thinking about what God has brought us to. And, and when I'm preaching this message today, it's just, get, it's got a hold of me today. When the Lord came for his people, oh, God gave us the prophets. Then he gave us uh, judges and he gave us kings and he gave us all the Psalms and the Proverbs and, and the books of poetry and all of those things. But the day came when God said, I'm, I'm not going to just give them those things anymore. They've heard it from a prophet. They've heard it from a man. But now they're going to get to hear it from me. I'm going to come to them myself. I'll be born as the babe of Bethlehem. And I will come to my people. And when the Lord came after 400 years of silence between the ending of Malachi and the introduction of the angel coming to Mary when all or to excuse me to Zechariah first with his born son John the Baptist 
In those intervening years, there was a God who was sitting. He was still moving. But when he decided to open everything up again, he said, I want you to now see a move of my spirit. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know today because your own introduction to God was through a move of his spirit. If you think back to where you came from, it may have been a week ago, it may have been a year ago, it may have been 30 years ago. But when you think back to where you first experienced God, when you think back to the first time that you got a hold of Him and He got a hold of you, it was through a move of His Spirit. You didn't understand it. You could not wrap your mind around it. You didn't know how to comprehend it. You couldn't really internalize it. All you knew was that there was something moving on you. It was beyond you. It was a God greater than you. I want to thank God for the moving of His Spirit. Chaos was reigning in our lives. Darkness was reigning in our lives. We were without form. There was a void within us. And yet in the middle of all of that, God's spirit began to move. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you, God, that when I came into this house today, I came in here knowing there would be a move of your spirit. I want to thank you, Lord, that whenever I was afar off and things weren't as they should be, there was a move of your spirit happening in my life. Oh, where would we be, folks? Where would we be without a move of the spirit of God? I need it. I've got to have it. You need it. You've got to have it. Wherever you sit today, if you sit in this room, if you sit in your home, if you sit in a hospital room, wherever you are today, man, woman, boy, and girl, rich or poor, red or yellow, black or white, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, where you come from. Our commonality today is that everybody needs a move of the Spirit of God. I've got to have it. I can't make it without it. I need a move of His Spirit. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. There is an energy that flows from Him. I don't mean that in the way that the New Age folks would talk about it today. Uh, although they, they probably are somewhat tapped into some things that many people are not. There is an energy that flows from the Lord. Three times the beloved Apostle John emphatically tells us that God is light. He says it in his gospel. He says it in his first epistle. And he says it in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of your Bible. One of the characteristics of light. I went and did some study yesterday evening about light. There was so much I would have liked to talk to you about, but I didn't want to make this a science lesson. But one of the characteristics of light 
is that light is always moving. It may appear stationary to you. You look at these lights in this room today. And the light appears to be stationary, but in reality, it's moving. It never quits moving. It never stops moving. I can't, I can't keep it from moving. I can't put my hands in front of it and say, no further. The light will continue to move. You can put the light into a vacuum. And you might redirect the, the angle of the light. But the light will continue to move. It never stops moving. 24 hours a day. 7 days a week. 52 weeks a year. The light continues to move. And they tell us that the speed of light never changes. They're telling us that light is moving at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. Think about it. 186,000 miles per second. 671 million miles per hour. How would you like to get on that trip? 671 million miles per hour. And that is really just an approximation on their part. Because truly, they don't know. It's incomprehensible for us. And most certainly, it cannot be exactly measured by man-made instruments. But suffice it to say today that God's Spirit is always moving. And it is moving faster than you can even think. In the time... Hear me, in the time that it will take you to wrap your mind around what I just said, God's Spirit will have moved over every continent, over every nation, over every city, over every village, over every home, over every individual. God is moving. It boggles the mind, ladies and gentlemen. And just as a reminder, I, I want to just tell you that just as the light cannot be stopped, neither can God's Spirit be stopped. Satan cannot stop the Spirit of God. Governments cannot stop the Spirit of God. Its detractors cannot stop the Spirit of God. Unbelief and atheism cannot stop the Spirit of God. You may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not grab hold of it. All you need to know is that God is still moving. And I came on a Sunday morning to remind this church today that at wherever you came from, whatever you walked out of, I don't know how dark it is. I don't know how troublesome it is. But God is Moving. God is moving. As a matter of fact, for those of you that might have walked into this room today with infirmity, if you walked in here with an instability in your life, or if you walked in here with iniquity in your life, I want to tell you that the Spirit of God was already moving when you got up this morning. And even while these words are leaving my mouth, that same spirit is moving upon you. It is moving in your situation.
David said in Psalm 139, verse number 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Where shall I go that is away from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Because anywhere you go, anything you do, you can't get away from a move of God's Spirit. You cannot get away from a move of God's Spirit. There are people that were backslidden that are in this room right now or watching by live stream. And the reason you're still with the Lord today is because you could not get away from His Spirit. I've known people that made their bed in hell like David talked about. I've known people that did things in their life. It made a bed in hell. But God said, I don't care how far into hell you get. I'll come for you. I'm not scared. You need to understand something. God's not scared of the devil. God's not scared of the devil. God's not scared of any of His devices. God's not scared of any of the things he does. The Lord's not scared of the devil. Baby, it doesn't matter how bad the devil wants to be and the ugly things the devil wants to say. God's not scared of the devil. And the Lord said, I'll go wherever the devil wants to make it the worst that it is. And if there's one person that wants to make their bed there, I'll go down in there. I'll pull them out of it. I've seen people, Christine, I've known people that made their bed in hell. It, it, it was an absolute... It was an absolute place of torment. It was an absolute place where things were, 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 were uh, enwrapped in their lives that had such a grip on them and were holding them down. But the, but the Lord said, that's okay. If you want me, I can come move on you there. I don't need everything to be perfect to have a move in your life. I don't need, listen to me, hear what I'm about to say. You don't have to have all your sins gone before God will come move on you. You don't have to have everything just right before God will move on you. Your family doesn't have to have everything ironed out perfectly before God will move in your family. As a matter of fact, He's not worried about that yet at all. He just wants to come where you are and He wants to move. And the question is not whether He'll move. The question is, will you receive a move of God? Will you receive that move of God? God is light. We, on the other hand, are as water. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and others of the prophets use the symbolism of waters in a, in a reference to humanity. The apostles would do this as well. We are waters. We are that earth that is without form and void and covered by darkness. But thank God that as the scripture says, the spirit of God moves 
upon the face of the waters. The spirit that moved in Genesis was the fullness of God's spirit. Hear what I say. The spirit that moved in Genesis 1, it was the fullness of God's spirit. Isaiah 11 told us of the seven spirits of God. He, he spoke of the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Very quickly, I will tell you what those are. The Spirit of the Lord. Give me Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, please. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus tells us very clearly. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is, is the first of that sevenfold spirit. The spirit of wisdom is the second. The spirit of wisdom is how to be. It's God's way of dealing with things becoming our way of dealing with things. It's how we respond to things. It's the spirit of wisdom. It's when we don't do it in our flesh, but we do it according to the spirit of wisdom that God has allowed to come upon us. The spirit of understanding is a discernment. It is discerning what is really happening. What is the root issue that is causing what we are seeing and what we are experiencing. It is a spirit of understanding that God wants to rest upon us. The fourth is the spirit of counsel. This spirit is what to do. It is where to go. It is what to say. It is a spirit of counsel where God begins to direct our paths. And God begins to say, do this, go here, uh, speak to that person. Uh, it, it, it is a spirit of counsel that God puts upon us. The fifth part of this sevenfold spirit is the spirit of might. That is who we are. It, we are a mighty people. We are a victorious people. We are a powerful people when we have the Spirit of God resting upon us, moving upon us. I want you to know there is no devil you cannot face when the Spirit of God is moving upon you. Yesterday, Asher, my wife and I were in town and Asher had gone out. He was feeding our, the mules and the horses out there and, and um, he, he's... He said, he called me and he said, Dad, one of our mules didn't come up. And so I went to check on her and and uh, usually they all come running. And so he goes to check on that mule and she seemed to be limping a little bit. And, and he goes over and he sees um, a snake down on the ground and, and its head is all mangled up and twisted and different things. And, and it was a snake that had been crawling across our pasture. And he took some pictures of it and and sent it to me, and, and I got to thinking as I was uh, preparing this message, message last night about the spirit of might and how the devil is that old serpent, that old slew foot, the devil, and how uh, the Bible said, I, we have a, I have a feeling that that mule stomped that snake to death is what happened. And I got to remembering how the Bible said that we'll crush his head with our heels. <laughs> 
He said it was a prophecy about Jesus, but it was given to the church too. How are we going to tromp on him? We're going to trample all over him. There is nothing that the devil is, should have authority over us in. The devil may seem big and bad, but he's not so bad as you think he is. As long as you've got the Spirit of God moving in your life. There is a spirit of might that comes with the Spirit of God moving. And we have the ability to dance on, on him. We've got the ability to trample the devices of the enemy. We've got the ability to speak the name of Jesus over every situation. I'm talking about a spirit of might that God has given to us. The sixth is the spirit of knowledge. This is what is going on. It's the factual lay of the land where God makes it very plain to us what is going on here. We're not confused about it. It is a spirit of knowledge. We're not ignorant of it. It is a spirit of knowledge. And the seventh part of that spirit is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And oh God, would you give us this again? Oh God, would you give us a reverence for you? Let the spirit of the fear of the Lord fall on us today. Let an awe of you fall on us today, God. Let, let a, a submission to you fall on us today, God. I want to fear you, Lord. I'm not talking about just being scared of you, though I think it's good to be scared a little bit of the Lord. I'm not talking about where you're afraid he's beating you up or something. No, no, no. I'm talking about where you've got such a reverence for him. Where you know that he's so awesome. That all you want is to be right with him. Where you know that his ways are so perfect. That all you want are his ways. Or you know that his intentions are so good that all you want are his intentions. I don't want to go my way if my way's against his way. God's got better intentions for me than I've got for myself. Oh God, in our generation, let there be a fear of the Lord fall. The Jacksons sent us a video yesterday. It was, it was precious. I didn't have their permission or I probably would have shown it today. I didn't think to ask them for it. They sent us a video yesterday. Little Anna was there at the campground at their cabin there. And Anna was on the bed. And how many of y'all think of Anna as kind of being quiet and a little more shy and reserved? Buddy, that girl was preaching. <laughs> She was preaching. See, they were singing and preaching, and, and Ezri standing. Ezri was amen in her. She was throwing her hand up. At one point, Anna, Anna called everybody to the altar. Ezri ran over to the bed and threw her head down on it. It's the cutest thing. It was it was precious. And they were saying, they were saying, just want you to know, Sanctuary Church is making a difference in our kids. We're thankful for it, you know. And, 
And uh, so thank you to all you teachers and children's ministry workers for all that you do. But one of the things Anna kept saying, Lord, give us a, make our spirit, help us to have a soft heart towards you, God. Help us have a soft heart towards you, God. Oh, we can have a soft heart towards you, Jesus. She kept saying it over and over again. I thought of some of the videos I've gotten of this one right here, too. We got a little preacher right there, too. Oh, she just nodded, amen. She come up here and help me preach today. She'd get after it. And I thought, that, and she was saying, God, oh, give us a soft heart towards you. You know what she's saying? God, let me have a reverence for you. Let me, let me have such an awe of you, God, that my heart stays in a right position. That my heart stays right. That I does, it doesn't get hardened toward you. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever considered, and, and I need to be careful because I don't want to take too much of your time today, but have you ever considered the fact the Bible says that when God called Saul to be king over Israel, have you ever considered the fact that when he left, the Bible said Samuel anointed him king over Israel. And he left to go back on his way. And while he is on his way, the Bible said he came into a company of the prophets. And when he did, the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. And he prophesied. The Spirit of God was moving on him. And he prophesied with them, and the Bible said, and God put a new heart in him that day. He put a new heart in him. Undoubtedly, something was wrong with his heart. So God said, I'm going to put a new heart in you. But somewhere along the way, Saul's new heart became a hardened heart. And Saul began to drift away from the Lord. It wasn't about whether or not God could move. It was about whether or not Saul would receive a move of the Spirit of God. And that's what I'm preaching today. We need to receive that move of the Spirit of God. There are people in this room, there are people watching me right now, and you need to hear me because I just feel an unction of the Holy Ghost to say this. You do not need another message. You don't need another message. You know everything that I could possibly get up and say, you already know it. I can't tell you anything you don't already know. Now, there's people who do need to hear what I've got to say, but there's some of you, you don't need to hear what I've got to say. You just need to make up your mind to receive that the, you're going to receive a move of God's Spirit. You're going to quit fighting against it. You're going to quit putting up a wall. You're gonna, the Lord asked Paul on the Damascus Road. He said, why do you kick against the pricks, Paul? Why are you making it so hard, Paul? Here I am trying to pull you towards me, Paul. And you keep making it difficult. And I asked somebody that might be listening to me right now. You're under the sound of my voice. Why would you make it difficult? It doesn't happen to be so hard it's really not hard ladies and gentlemen all it really takes is somebody opening up their heart and saying God move on me I want what you have I'll take whatever you want to say it's a move of the spirit of God when the spirit moved upon the face of the deep it was all of God's spirit moving so when God's Spirit moves on us here today, 
it also will be all of God's spirit moving. It will be his wisdom. It will be his understanding. It will be his might. It will be his counsel. It will be his knowledge. It will be a fear of the Lord. Everything that you need, God's Spirit has it. If you feel like you're in bondage, that spirit of the Lord where he preaches captivity, uh, uh, freedom to those that are in captivity, that is here today. Where he preaches the gospel to the brokenhearted, those that are hurting, those that are carrying a heavy load, that is here today. Oh, I feel it here today too. Whatever it is that you and I could possibly need, whatever we may be bound by, if it's iniquity, if it's instability, Whatever it is in our lives, the Spirit of God can move on us. And it can bring us to a place of rest and comfort. I want you to experience a move of God in your life today. In Genesis 1, we see the Old Testament moving of God's Spirit upon the waters. And in Acts 1, we see the New Testament moving of God's Spirit Upon the waters. We see it happen. We see it happen. It's a move. And when it moved. It changed everything. In Genesis. It took a world in chaos. And brought it into order. And in Acts. It took a, a, a people in chaos. And it brought them. In to order. Oh how we need. A move. Of God's spirit. Three things. That must happen. For there to be a move. Of God's spirit. There must be tearing. In Acts chapter number two. And number one. They tarried. For the promise. In other words. They waited for it. They refused. To leave. Until they got. What God wanted them to have. Oh God. What happened to the days. Where people would tarry. Until there was a move of God. What happened to the days. When people said I'm going to go to my house. I'm going to shut myself up in a prayer closet. And I'm not coming out until God speaks. I remember hearing story of Brother Marvin Cole. Pastored in Beaumont, Texas. For many, many years. Brother Cole was a man of deep prayer. They said when Brother Cole prayed, they said it was so, they said it was, it was almost unnerving. Because if you were in the room with him, they said it was like God came down and sat down next to Brother Cole. He said the way he talked to the Lord, like they were the closest of friends. And when Brother Cole began to talk to God, you knew, you knew something was happening. 
There's a pastor. A man that most of you in here would know. He said, I felt impressed that I needed to drive down to Beaumont, Texas. And I just needed to go sit in on one of Brother Cole's prayer meetings. He said, so I got in the car. I drove to their church. He said, I didn't get there until late in the afternoon because some things happened that held him up. He said, but when I got there, he said, Brother Cole looked up and he said, I'm glad you made it. He said, Brother Cole, what do you mean? He said, the Lord told me you would be coming today. I'm so glad you made it. I've been waiting on you to get here. He said, let's pray together. That was a man who... Hours earlier could have left where he was, but he tarried because God said something was going to happen that had not happened yet. Oh, help me, God, to get to a place where I will tarry until what you have said is going to happen actually happens. Lord, I want to be a person that will tarry in prayer. That's the first prerequisite. The second prerequisite is that it requires unity. It requires one mind, and it requires one accord. We can't be in contention for our own things. A church cannot become a place where we make a church more like a business, where we want our department to do better than somebody else's department. And we get frustrated or jealous because somebody else had something good happen that we wanted to happen to us. We have got to be in unity. Everything about this church is pulling in the same direction. I know sometimes things happen that could be frustrating. That might be aggravating. But we've got to lay it down. We've got to let our Christianity rise. And we've got to lay that stuff down. Because if we're going to have a move of God that's going to reach our city, we've got to have a unity that is among us. And the third and final thing is what I've preached about a couple times today. And that is there must be a yielding. There must be tearing. There must be unity. And there must be yielding. You've got to allow God's spirit to accomplish that which it wants to do. So my heart's desire today is that everybody experiences a move of God before they walk out of our doors. And I want you to know that even in confusion, even in chaos, even in darkness, even in despair, if that is the context of where you are right now, there is a moving God. There, I know He sits on the throne, but He is still a moving God. There is not one Part of this room today that is not filled with the Spirit of God. He is filling time and space. And that moving God wants to overshadow us by His Spirit today. And His move will bring order. His move will bring balance. His move will bring demonstration to you and to me. So ladies and gentlemen, I've preached my heart to you today. I know I came with the word from God today. I know I've been preaching to some of you today. The Lord has dealt with me while I've been preaching about who some of you are today. And I, I felt the resistance from there be a few where I felt resistance. But I'm going to tell you today, God came here to move.
And because God came here to move, you could have anything happen in your life. And we can break up our fallow ground. And we can get something right with the Lord that haven't been right. I don't know about you, but as for me, it's a little warm in this building, I know. I'm going to take this coat off. I'm going to find an altar today, and I'm going to pray until I have a move of God. And if there's anybody else in this room that feels the same way, if there be anybody else watching my live stream that feels the same way, I pray that you would do the same. Let's find us a place of prayer. Let us tarry, let us unify, and let us yield, and let there be a move of God that would bring order to our lives, that would bring healing to our situations, that would bring answers to our confusion. Let His wisdom and His knowledge and His understanding and whatever it is you need, let the Spirit of God fall fresh on us today. I invite you to find a place of prayer.